Kieran Howells here again with another edition of the HR Grapevine podcast. And it brings me great pleasure to say that I am joined again by Raj Mukherjee. Uh, he is the Executive Vice President and General Manager at Indeed. We had a fantastic conversation a few weeks ago about the current talent market, and we're delving right back in again to talk a bit more about talent and some of the trends that we're seeing at the moment. So it's an absolute pleasure to speak to Raj again. Let's dive straight in. So Raj, welcome back. Thanks so much for being here again with me. Uh, for those of our listeners who maybe didn't catch our first podcast, do you mind just uh, explaining who you are and what you do? Absolutely, Kiran. And it's so great to be back here. Uh, I'm Raj Mukherjee. I run our employer side of the business at Indeed, which is the largest job site in the world. And I've been with Indeed for about seven years. Uh, I'm just incredibly excited to talk to your audience today. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for being here. And uh, for our audience, we're really getting into connecting to talent in a challenging market in this podcast. Obviously, continuation of the conversation that we were having in our last podcast, but there's loads of brilliant ground to cover here. So I'm going to dive right in for a question right now. And that is, has the tide now turned on the candidate-driven talent market? You know, it's a really, really interesting question. Here's what I'll tell you about the broad labor market. Hiring is going to remain challenging for years. That's not going to change. The current downturn in the labor market that we are seeing, that is a prelude to what I believe, a pretty tight market that will continue no matter what. And there are segments where it is incredibly hard to hire even now. I'll give you one example of a segment like healthcare where it is really incredibly hard to hire still. Mm-hmm. And at the highest level, we're also noticing vacancies are still high. It's more than 1 million vacancies, um, but it's declining. And it's declining 16% year over year. So broadly, the way to frame, think about it is unemployment is low. We definitely see a lot of people that have left the workforce. That's not going to change. Older and foreign workers are gone. So those things are not going to change. So Yes, while we see the power shifting back to employers, that is true, that is happening. Job seekers still have a lot of power. Yeah, it seems like a a very interesting time. I guess it's it's hard to see long term what's going to happen uh, based on these short term uh, data sets that we're getting through. Totally. I mean, look, for a job seeker, there is one million vacancies out there. So it's still a great time to find a job. Mm-hmm. And while again, while the balance of power is tipping back to employers, uh, after what you would say is a sustained job seeker market, it isn't shifting back so fast, such that they can just do whatever they want. It's just not going to happen that way. Yeah, and as you mentioned, there obviously some markets um, are are very much still, uh, you know, desperate for that top talent, that that really quality talent oh. that that so many organisations are looking for. One of the things that uh, I, I would l- like to also reiterate, uh, we do see job seekers are less confident than before about securing a role. And my take on this is 
the employers are still vying to hire top talent right now. Like majority of employers that we talk to, they have expressed a desire to hire people in the next six months. And so from our perspective, and this is a survey that we ran, uh, and I spoke about it briefly last time as well. Uh, but the story there is employers still really think they need to hire, even if they're being cautious, more cautious than in the past. And hiring still remains very inefficient. And that's the part that at Indeed we obsess about. How do we ensure that we solve the inefficiencies and the slowness in hiring that tends to happen that affects both the job seeker and the employer? So from an employer's perspective then, mm-hmm. especially in the sectors that are really struggling to find that top talent, how mm-hmm. should they be thinking about hiring? What should their kind of mindsets be going into that? Yeah, yeah, a very good question. And I already mentioned healthcare as a sector where it is very difficult to fill up the positions that you need to fill up. So starting with the way I would say it, employers need to start to show signs of flexibility. You know, when I was growing up and I'm dating myself here, it it was mandated that you had to have university degrees. Otherwise you couldn't get certain kinds of jobs. And that's changed. University degrees are not as important as they once were. And employers are more focused on skills than before. And we think that is a really important part of the shift that's happening. Not only that, employers are also more interested in training workers on the job. So they're open-minded about hiring someone who has some of the skills, but not maybe everything, but has the desire to learn. And that also opens up a labor pool that didn't exist in the past. That's really interesting, Raj, because it seems that from what you're saying, people need to put to bed the traditional view of talent that maybe we have had in previous decades and focus on what is really working to to get that top talent in your organization. And it may not necessarily look like what we in previous decades would have thought top talent looks like. Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, this is not saying that every job will will not require university degree. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Some roles do and perhaps always will require university degrees. Uh, I'll give you an example. I don't see somebody being a doctor without an university degree. Sure. That's a requirement and that's going to happen. However, there is a clear need in many areas where if you're open-minded, if you're willing to be more flexible, you will start to see that there's a wider pool of talent that you can start hiring from who may not exactly fit the bill. They may not have the A classic example I always give, some of the best sales representatives, they oftentimes come from customer service. They may not have a formal experience in sales and they get hired into inside sales roles and they start to do really well. And so my take is employers are more willing than ever to look at skills and how that matches the roles that they have. And that's where Indeed also plays a very important role. We encourage employers to be open-minded. We use assessments, uh, for example, as a technology, where we say, hey, you know, maybe this person doesn't exactly have the quote-unquote experience on their CV, but if you ask them to take an assessment, maybe that will enable them to express and help you understand how to evaluate this person's skills. Mm-hmm. on that particular topic. So so I do believe the skills-based hiring is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And that says a lot about 
the way that we view career paths in this day and age, doesn't it? So, you know, it, it may be that you hire someone into a marketing role and within a short amount of time, you realize that actually they would be perfect for another role in the company and um, and that maybe their soft skills uh, lend themselves to another role. So I guess, it yeah, it says a lot about how we view um, how someone's evolution can grow with inside a company as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, people's careers are going to become nonlinear. And this kind of also uh, ties up briefly with when you think about AI and the evolution of what's happening today in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a huge buzzword around generative AI. What does that mean? Uh, every large company that you know of, they're jumping in the bandwagon. Some people are scared as well, like what that means for society. Uh But at the highest level, we need people to think about transferable skills and skills that will enable them to be successful in the future jobs that have not yet been defined. I mean, I'll give you an example of a job that didn't even exist, call it a few months back. This concept of a prompt engineer where they're basically training an AI bot with their prompts. And yes, it's not like hundreds of thousands of jobs that exist in that category. I'm not sure that will ever be the case, but certainly that job didn't exist. But what it's requiring is someone with a deep understanding of human empathy and human behaviors to be able to train an AI machine to understand how to work with humans better. And so that those are transferable skills. They are soft skills, definitely, but they're transferable skills. And that is particularly required in my mind in a situation where you are having a tight labor market and you want to tap into talent that may not, again, always fit the bill, so as to say. And obviously, I have a great opportunity having you here, Raj, because you are very much an expert in talent acquisition. It's very, very interesting to hear you talk about AI, because obviously, it's a hot button issue at the moment. And so, how do you see AI transforming the experience of sourcing talent? What are the key things that people will see now and in the not too distant future with the integration of AI into talent, the talent market? I mean, it's a it's a really really important and good question, and I I see AI maybe this is uh, taking it one step further as the same kind of evolution of human technology as electricity did for us. Like if you, if you think about hundreds of years back, like 150 years back, um, at a time when there was no electricity, our life was so different. And the moment the electricity came in, our life changed and changed for the better. And it certainly had its implications in terms of the jobs that it affected, how it translated into the society being different but it did change our lives for the better in the long term. And I see the same thing with AI. Fundamentally, AI is the new electricity of this decade and of this century. So we will use AI in everything that we do, and it will make human beings way more productive. I know there's a side that people feel that AI might have a disproportionately bad impact on society and whatnot. Uh, I think I don't fall in that camp. Um, Personally, I do see technology as something that always enables us to get better at what we do. Um, Now, that directly translates to your question on sourcing, talent sourcing. Mm -hmm. Today, we have recruiters 
who are spending hours and hours writing job descriptions, trying to ensure that that job description is attractive to different audiences. With AI, you can create a job description in a matter of seconds, and then you can work on it. I'm not saying you just publish whatever job description was created. You can work on it. You can ensure that it has a stamp of your own personality or your company's personality and culture. Uh, but it, the work that you needed, that needed hours, could now take minutes. So that is one example of incredible productivity increase that we will see as part of this AI revolution. And it's it's not just that every part of the hiring process that has been again in in many ways inefficient and challenging for hiring managers, recruiters, that will become so much easier. And that's what we're doing at Indeed. Like every single morning we wake up thinking about, again, AI is a technology. A technology is always at the service of humans. How do we make the technology work magically for all humans and make them so much more effective and efficient in their work? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that comparison, actually. Um, There's one to be drawn, I guess, um, with the proliferation of, you know, firms who utilize technology in the hiring process anyway. So obviously, Indeed is built on some very powerful technology. And I guess that in itself could appear quite daunting to people, um, you know, who who uh, previously were very used to a way more traditional recruitment journey. But actually, in the same way, we have seen what an amazing effect, uh, you know, platforms like Indeed have had on hiring. So I guess we should be looking maybe at AI in the same way as something which has untapped potential for this industry. I do think so. So for employers, again, the biggest challenge facing nearly 43% of UK employers is hiring is inefficient and slow. That's a big deal. Like if almost half of employers are saying, hey, the hiring process is inefficient and slow, and AI can actually enable both sides, both the job seekers and employers to benefit such that hiring process becomes faster, easier, simpler, and also more human. Because this is the last part that's really important. When I talk about AI, I always bring the notion that, you know, AI can actually free us up for things that allow us to make human connections better. Going through hundreds and hundreds of resumes and trying to figure out, should I put it on the left file or the right file or CVs or resumes? I know, I, I know I'm talking to a UK audience, so CVs <laughs> is probably more familiar. And uh, so I would say very simply, that is not a per- perfectly great use of someone's human potential. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you talk to a person, if you say, you know, you are a great match for this job, I really want to talk to you. I want to see what skills you bring to the table. That is a far more effective use of that person's time, both person's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that kind of brings me perfectly onto my next question, which is obviously economic headwinds have been on the horizon for some time now it's not um you know it's not an unexpected trend that we're seeing so how can employers and especially smaller businesses really extract the value in hiring and i'm i'm going to guess that technology is one of the keys there oh, yes it is uh, you are talking to a technologist so <laughs> there is a bit of a nail and hammer situation here but but i do believe Um, You know, I mean, technology has changed our lives for the better, and it will. And in this case, it does play a very important role. 
we have transformed our business from a job site to a matching and hiring platform. And I know that's a mouthful, like, but at the crux of it, it's very simple. We want to match and connect candidates faster and more efficiently than ever before. We are a job seeker first company. We always have said we help people get jobs and we think we can help people get jobs much faster and help a whole lot more people get jobs than they would have otherwise been able to get to. And that is a significant moment for Indeed and the whole industry. Mm-hmm. And that's led to this new evolution. I, I, I briefly talked about it last time as well, this concept of a new business model. And that's based on delivering value, more value to employers. What it means with this new PPA model that we have launched, it means employers will only pay us when we deliver a quality candidate. That is putting our money where our mouth is. It, it really is putting us, our skin in the game in a way that we have never done. Previously, we used to charge for a click. That may or may not lead to an apply. But now we are saying we will only charge for a quality apply. And the quality is determined by the employer. And we do think that is going to change the industry. And we're going to have to lead the shift. Uh, because again, delivering value closer to hire will ultimately help all small businesses. It will help all businesses. But it will help all small businesses. And that's, that's the essence or crux of what we are trying to do, where we are saying that, hey, you know, it, it is inefficient and slow. We get that. It, and you have a dozen tools that you're oftentimes using and not happy with any one of them. And we want to make sure that you are using, in this case, indeed, and getting the value that you spend. Uh, like, really, it's important that you get your money's worth. And we have some data that will actually probably help everyone understand how seriously we take this. Uh, we are speeding up hiring in the sense that more than 20 hires per minute on Indeed, more than double than it was three years ago. Mm-hmm. And that is a benchmark. If we are saying we help people get jobs, we should be able to help more and more people get jobs faster. And I can't help but notice that obviously, instead of using the words recruitment or hiring, you're very consciously using the word matching. So, yes. you know, I'd love to know a bit more about that. Um, change in mindset I guess that it means a lot more for the longevity of the relationship between the employer and the employee it does it does uh, again we we fundamentally think the inefficiencies of hiring that exist we have to transform that by transforming our own business to become a matching and hiring platform so let's start with what what I mean by matching uh, because we haven't quite defined it uh, mm-hmm. matching ultimately helps us achieve this vision of making hiring as easy as pushing a button. Very important. We're not, say, we're not saying that you're going to push a button and hire. That's not. We're going to want to make it as easy as that concept. And so how you do that indeed enables employers to connect with quality candidates quickly through our matching technology that learns their preferences. So how might that manifest? So you're posting a job, let's say. And as you're posting a job, you're learning about your requirements things that are deal breakers, so as to say, or must-haves for your job, things that are nice to have. And we're guiding you through, and then we are showing you certain candidates that we call instant match. And these candidates are effectively a good benchmark of what you told us versus what we interpreted it as. And based on the dialogue that we have, it's technology having a dialogue with the employer, we are going to learn your preferences better, and we're going to continuously do that throughout the hiring journey. And we also are continuously learning the job seekers preferences. And that allows us 
we're talking like really trillions and trillions of data points that we have. And we use those, obviously, we're not using trillions for a particular unique job match at that point in time. But all of that ultimately is to satisfy the need for the employer and the job seeker to ultimately have a fruitful conversation with each other. Mm -hmm. That's what we're really optimizing for. Match candidates are job seekers surfaced on Indeed whose CVs do meet the employer's requirements, but also their skill sets are going to meet the employer's requirements for that job. And that's what we are trying to do. In a, in a, uh, I'm sounding a bit silly now, but in a way, it's almost like um, it's 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 kind of like dating services, isn't it? You know, yeah. you you've got to you've got to find where that spark's actually going to be to build a relationship between these two parties that's going to be fruitful and it's going to have longevity. Hundred percent, and and you know, I mean, one of the things that is really important it is yes, it's very similar to a dating app. Definitely. Uh, uh, you, you can think, I mean, we use these kind of apps all the time in our own personal lives. And that's why we actually feel it's not such a heavy lift for employers or for job seekers, because it is familiar technology, but it's not ever been used at the scale that we believe it needs to be used to make hiring faster, easier and simpler. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and obviously part of that is for employers to be able to uh, identify the quality in the candidates that they're meeting so what do you think what do you think are the keys there how can employers actually really identify that quality in candidates yeah so i think this is a really important part over the years we have learned from billions and billions of job postings on our platform and again we also aggregate all jobs across all companies on our site and we've done that from the very beginning. And so that allows us to guide employers to start thinking about how should they think about quality. Now, ultimately, the employer is in charge of the quality. Indeed, cannot determine for a person what they think quality is, but we can guide them. We can give them helpful suggestions through the journey. And so employers should start thinking, but here are the things that I need to share with the system. And in this case, I'm talking about Indeed, but it could be whatever system they're using. Um, to get the right candidates. So they need to start thinking about the job description, the screener questions, some of them, I'll give you very simple examples of screener questions. Mm -hmm. So let's say you want someone in a particular uh, part of the city in London, you want to make it explicit that, hey, you need to live within five, 10 miles of this particular area. It could be that you need certain years of experience in a particular skill set. Hey, I need minimum of three years of experience in customer service for this job. It could be also in many cases, we did talk about university degree not being a requirement, but in some Mm -hmm. cases it might be. So it could be a university degree or a certification. Like you might need a specific certification for someone to be a nurse. So that could be also the case. So those are screening questions that you add. You also add assessments that validate your perception of this candidate's skill sets and both soft and hard skill sets. And then you decide the top picks, like again, I mentioned that you will be able to see candidates that are meeting your criteria pretty much right away after you post a job. And you can actually invite those candidates to apply to your job. Think of it as we're doing the sourcing for you with the machine that's learning your preferences and saying, how about these five candidates? Do you want to reach out to them? And you can reach out to them with your own message 
and once those candidates show up in your inbox so as to say where you can evaluate them you have 72 hours to reject and replace those candidates mm-hmm. so that's that's again what employers should start thinking about those things uh, and we know that as a system as a technology technology is not perfect right now that matching technology as much as we want to say that hey it works every single time it doesn't and we want employers to decide what quality is as part of the process and that also this is the most important and interesting part every time an employer decides to interact with the system the system is learning their preferences and starting to get better mm-hmm. and that's why we always encourage employers to use our matching and hiring platform right right because it 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 learns along with you and starts to kind of uh, pick up your preferences and what you're looking for exactly it's hiring is individualized it is unique people have their individual preferences and there's nothing wrong with that that is important we of course we also want to make sure that you're open minded that you're learning through the process because if you're particularly fixated about certain things oftentimes you'll miss out on good candidates that could be a great fit for your role so we certainly encourage open mindedness mm-hmm. but we also realize that people have certain requirements that they are not going to say no to so we've talked a bit about technology we've talked a bit about um, what you should be looking for in a candidate and how to kind of really extract value out of that process one thing that we haven't really talked about is the uh, delicate balance especially when hiring at volume between speed and efficiency and obviously that's a huge thing for a lot of organizations so what's your advice for those really struggling to to find that balance yeah i mean it is it is really important and uh, interestingly um while it's paradoxical speed and efficiency go hand in hand it's kind of in- interesting if you think about it from a perspective of the employer mm-hmm. they are oftentimes saying this role is incredibly important for my business i need this role right away because we do know that when roles are open that is lost opportunity cost forget the hiring cost it's also a huge lost opportunity cost when the roles are open uh, there's also some very telling job seeker data that uh, breaks my heart but it's it's a fact oecd research shows that almost 40% of households um, would fall below the poverty line if they were to lose income for 3 months mm-hmm. so you can imagine that from a employer perspective there's hiring cost there's opportunity cost so speed matters from a job seeker perspective there is this notion like really important notion where uh, if many job seekers are going to fall below poverty line if they don't have a job right so that balance is so critical for everyone to understand that speed really matters in this business we have data that shows that employers who take advantage of matching on indeed they're hiring about 20% faster but when i say they're hiring about 20% faster they're also becoming more efficient in their hiring it's in the speed is not just coming from the fact that they're getting a deluge of candidates mm-hmm. and they have to choose no we are seeing that again people who are using our ppa product they're getting 35% fewer applications to hire a candidate like that's again if you get fewer applications you're going to become more efficient we are yeah. doing the work for you to ascertain the quality that you have said is really important to you 
And then once we have done that work for you, that that really efficiency drives the speed of hiring. And it is, it is a tightrope. I'm not going to say that uh, it's easy. Employers are always thinking about, are you, am I connecting with quality candidates? And that is where our matching and hiring platform needs to help them, help them become more efficient. And that ultimately leads to faster hiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does make sense. So let me ask you one final question then. And that is, if you, with all of your years of experience, could offer one vital piece of advice for those just now starting their new hiring journey and who are looking to attract the best talent in the market, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, that's a really, really good question, Kieran. And uh, I mean, I I do it as a side thing. Oftentimes, uh, people reach out; they think I probably know more about hiring than I probably do. Uh, but I'll I'll start by saying very simply: you know, hiring challenges are going to persist. It's going to persist in the UK for a while, given the labor dynamics that we talked about. Right now, the first goal for anyone is to really think about how do I look at the talent pool. What is it that I'm really looking to hire for? What types of skill sets am I looking to ascertain such that I get the best talent for this role? And what types of experience do I need for this role? So CVs do still play a very important role like for anyone, uh, but they sometimes are not a perfect representation of someone's suitability for a job. We talked about skills-based hiring. Oftentimes, the skills that we are talking about are transferable to other jobs. And that's where you start to have a level playing field for everyone. And it does reduce the chances of making mishires as well. If you broaden your aperture and say, you know, I'm not going to be just fixated about X years of experience in this particular discipline. Mm-hmm. This discipline is connected to these other areas as well. And I'm going to be open-minded about it and utilize available technology that guides me appropriately. And that's where, again, the matching and hiring platform pieces come in. Um, I genuinely feel that if you use technology in a way that allows you to broaden your aperture or your thinking, still you should have your own sensibilities, but it will really help you, help you hire faster and help you hire honestly more efficiently and effectively and not do the repetitive human tasks. This is the part that I, I think the biggest advice I would give is you know, it is easy to fall in the trap of I'm going to do everything myself and I know better. Uh, but the truth is, yes, you do know the quality candidates that you will ultimately hire. There's no doubt you are ultimately in control and charge of who you end up hiring. But you want to do it in a way where technology makes you much faster and much more effective at your job. And that's where the unlock of the human potential comes in. Because once you have been able to use technology effectively, you will spend more time talking to people who you want to hire rather than trying to figure out who you want to talk to. Well, that's that's brilliant advice. And uh, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, Raj. So thank you very, very much for your time. And we look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thank you, Kiran. Really, really great talking to you. And hopefully we'll come back soon again.
Well, once again, a massive thank you to Raj for featuring on the HR Grapevine podcast. It's always a huge pleasure to have him with us. And thank you to Indeed as well for sponsoring the podcast. It sounds like some amazing things are happening at Indeed. So it's always a pleasure to hear about. To our audience, thank you for listening. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the HR Grapevine podcast. Until then, have a great week. <laughs>